Hi, and welcome to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. It is such an honor to be back. I was on vacation last week, so I am happy to be back on the podcast. For those who don't know, you can join me every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, this is an open mic where you can join and speak to your guests or myself by calling 646-668-8485. Just hit the one and you can follow, I'm sorry, just hit the one and then you can join in on conversation. Also, you can follow me on any social media, media, hashtag Charmaine Holland, or follow my website, CharmaineHolland.com, and follow PJC Media on podcast platform anywhere in the world. So today, we're, the topic is going to be about learning the importance of a will and a trust. And so today, my guest is Ms. Francine King, and a little bit about Ms. Francine, she is a mother a wife, a sister, a missionary, and an entrepreneur. Uh, she is not an attorney, therefore everything that she'll be sharing with us is informational purpose and to help educate us. She is a founder of Family Matters Documentation Service, and she has a passion with seeing the people complete their personal legal directives, directives and we want to, um, to who, who want to get it done. So we're going to bring Francine King on right after we take a short break. So we'll be right back for commercial. One moment. Hi, are you a female that's struggling through life trauma and triggers and not knowing how to overcome or how to understand the dynamics of what you're going through so you can be your authentic self? Just know if you are, you're not alone. There's millions of females going through the same problems. And I have helped so many females to overcome the trauma, overcome their triggers, and help them to move forward. So if this is you and you're ready to move forward and take control of your life, give me a call, 714-905-3707. My name is Charmaine Holland. I am a motivated speaker, a spiritual life consultant, an author, and a chaplain. And I am here to help empower women to overcome their life trauma and triggers so they can live their authentic self. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a good day. Well, welcome back again to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. And I am about to bring our guest on. Her name is Francine King. So please welcome me to bring in Francine King. Miss King, how are you doing today? Hi, good afternoon, Miss Holland. How are you? I'm doing wonderful and yourself. I'm doing fantastic, thank you. I'm excited to be good, here good, with you good. today. Awesome, thank you. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing all the wonderful things that you are helping the families to get prepared for, you know, um, you know, making sure their family is uh, comfortable and set and have all their legal documents and all their legal affairs in order. So thank you for even having the time to speak. I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're busy. So please, can you share a little bit about who you are to the audience? Yes. Um, I am um, the wife of um, a veteran, um, Benjamin King, and um, between us and our blended family, we have six sons and daughters, and I am a grandmother, a great-grandmother, and um, I am, um, in this season of my life, I am an entrepreneur who has the vision to um, have started a business, which I um, created the Family Matters Documentation Services. It's my passion to assist persons in completing their documents while they're still alive and able and of sound mind to get it done. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, thank you very much for being available to uh, talk to us about a will and a living trust. So let's get into a little question. So what is a will and a trust? Can you help us to understand that? Certainly. First, um, a will. And I think most persons are um, have some basic understanding that a will is a document that um, in the event that a uh, 
individual's family or loved ones need to um, know exactly what they want to happen when they transition out of this life, they would need to have that document. Um, a will is very important um, to have because it is a last will and testament um, of the individual. And without one, the property will be distributed according to state law, which may not be in accordance with the wishes of the deceased. Um, everyone, um, you know, may have an idea of um, what they want to happen in the event that they um, transition out of this life. They may have discussed it with um, their loved ones or someone, um, you know, who would they think would um, take out those directives. But um, the truth is that it has to be written down. It must be signed and dated and at the end of the um, wishes of that person, however they have um, written it out, um, the person who writes the will is called a testador. And the person must be um, over the age of 18 and of sound mind. And as you have stated, um, um, telling your audience about me, um, I am not an attorney. And so for informational um Reasons um, I have went on to um, learn about um, the reason why you would want to have a will, and so I have um, had experience over the last five years in assisting persons, um, consulting with them, and encouraging them, and learning along with them in um, getting it done. Wonderful, wonderful, and that's so good because you know a lot. You know, this is something that we wasn't raised or taught, you know, the importance of having something written down, you know. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I realize that people, even if some people, you know, you know, things happen in life where accidents and if you don't have a will written down, you have small children, you know. Um, sometimes that could cause a big dynamic um, situation in the family. So even with a will, you know, writing down the will of, like, where do you want your children to stay with and all that, that's really important. It's good, like you're saying, it's good to say it, but if it's not written down, it's really void. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And in the United States, there are actually 26 states that allow you to handwrite it out, and that's called a holographic will. And um, even in certain jurisdictions, each state has their specific um, dictates as to how you go about doing that. But, um, for example, um, I'm in Pennsylvania, you're in California, and holographic wills are um, legally binding. And so it does require, though, that the person writing it out um, put certain language um, at the beginning. For example, they have to um, start with the heading saying that this is my last will and, and testament. And then there's um, specific language that goes in it, and at the end um, the individual would have to sign it, and they also need two witnesses to um, show proof of that. And that would um, allow it to be um, binding. And although persons have, um, I think in this day and time, depending on what their estate looks like, if they have real estate and they have um, assets, um, that are um, lucrative, they um, may want to um, get the assistance of an uh, attorney or um, someone from a uh, estate planning um, service that can assist them in making sure that it's um, correctly done and all wording and adages are, um, are in there. But um, the main thing is that um, I believe that it starts with writing it down getting an understanding as to how you want it to go, and then making sure that you have documented and notarized, notarized um, is oftentimes optional, but it carries more weight when it is notarized. And so um, I think that's important for the audience to understand that when you are looking to make those type of decisions um, about a will, uh, that you would first, you know, um, understand who you would want to be the person in selecting to uh, carry out your directive. And that person is called an executor if it's a male, 
or an executive mm-hmm. director if it's a female, that you have identified to be the person who would carry out those directives. Okay, okay, wow, that's some wonderful information um, you shared. I didn't know about the holograph will, so thank you for letting us know and letting us know that there's a certain structure, like the headline and the heading and everything that needs to be taking place. So we'll have another question. So what? So who should acquire a will? Any person over the age, 18 years and older and who is of a sound mind are legally able to write out and, and, and have a directive. I think in these days and times we see that in this season of life that a person in the age range of 18 um, and in their 20s, um, they also need to write down what their directive is. I often see that people feel like they have said to me, well, I don't have real estate. I don't really have anything to leave. And so, you know, there's no reason for me to have a will. But I would like people to understand that um, it is young people who are oftentimes now who are um, transitioning out of this life, and they Mm -hmm. may have children. Um, They would want, you know, their loved ones to know what to do in the event um, and who would be the guardian. That is something that you would be able to put in the will to um, specifically give language to how you want that to be directed. Um, They um, also um, have their body. Um, You know, we all, first and foremost, have our own individual bodies, and so you can put how you want that to go um, in your directives. So um, that's, you know, who um, would qualify anyone over the age of 18 or 18 and older. 18 and older. Okay. That's good. And so is that something where they have to go to an attorney or, like you mentioned, they could still do a holograph will with that being the age of 18? And and so um, there again, um, I would encourage persons to um, write it down and, depending on their estate and, and, and what they have available to them right now in terms of their assets, um, mm-hmm. I think they would be wise to uh, consult with an attorney. And I would also say the person consider doing your research to see in your state um, where are free resources for community-based um, legal services for persons. They often will assist um, persons with um, drawing up wills. I know um, here in Pennsylvania that um, the Christian Legal Clinic is a free resource, and there are other um, nonprofit um, agencies that can assist you as well. But they always want you to start by telling them what do you want. So having it written down, having your thought process of you know what you want to happen in the event that you transition is a good place to start. And I'll add, um, for me, I've, I, I see that, you know, no matter whether a person um, has only a dollar in the bank or they have mm-hmm. a million dollars in the bank or more, you know, um, we all have, you know, um, our own story that we want to be written out and, and our own specific um, details that we want carried out, and that is why it's important to get it written out. Um, for example, um, you know, I think a lot of people remember um, the story of Miss Aretha Franklin. And although mm-hmm. she had a will, um, at the end of her life, um, she felt it necessary to write out a will, which is a holographic will, and they found it under her sofa. Um, and because that was the last written will, and it, because that's where it was dated, they were legally able to use that um, for her wishes. And so that is why oh, wow. it's important that's- to do that. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's wonderful. And since you mentioned, you know, a popular celebrity name, Aretha Franklin, I was just reading recently about um, Prince. He didn't have a will or trust or anything. And I think one of his sisters is going through, you know, I think probate or court or whatever about a will. They, they, I think they're still looking for a will on Prince. So, and I guess yes. maybe he didn't do it any, anything writing down. So I'm glad you brought yes. that up, the importance of it. Yes, and, and, and unfortunately there have been many persons, um, I've read about celebrities, um, I won't go into all the names, but there are quite a few that have left here. And, you know, I think that um, in our day-to-day lives 
um, all of us often think, well, you know, I will get it done. Um, and, you know, at, at some point, and we put it off. And that's why I encourage people to uh, understand that, you know, write it down now because you can always go back and make an amendment to that will. You can, you know, um, you know, you, if you find that, you know, after you've um, written out your will or had it drawn up by um, a uh, attorney or someone and you decide a year later that you want to change it, you can do that. It, it, you know, um, you can go ahead and certainly um, tear that up if you want to make additions to it, um, depending on what your estate looks like. And if you are not qualifying for um, free assistance and you have paid an attorney, for example, then you may pay upwards of $3,000, you know, if you decide that you want to have them assist you in drawing it up, and that's okay. But at some point, if you have to make additions, there is something called a cottage bill, and that is just a document that can be inserted into the original will. That's another, um, you know, thing that can be done, and, um, you know, to, you know, cut costs, you know, once you've had it prepared, um, and mm-hmm. a codicil um, is um, added language to it that will be legally binding that goes along with the will. It's like an amendment. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you shared a lot of information right now um, about, you know, writing it down and then finding um, finding a legal base, a nonprofit organization that can help you to save some costs is also a good thing to do. And then the beautiful thing about it is that you can always um, upgrade it every year as you as you develop more property or have more assets or more investment. You can always do an amendment on there to make the changes, the modified changes that you need. Absolutely. So, so thank you. So thank you for sharing that. So in the meantime, yeah. we got to go for a short commercial, and then we'll come right back and ask Ms. Francine questions. Again, if you would like to ask a question, by all means, please call us at 646-668-8485. You can hit the one button, and I will bring you on to ask Ms. Francine a question about will or trust. In the meantime, I'll be right back with a commercial. Authors, are you looking for a new way to get your book in the hands of new audience of targeted buyers? Then a virtual book tour is for you. Right now, Virtual Book Tours is an excellent opportunity for you to introduce your book and who you are as an author. Launching your book is very important. A virtual book tour will connect you with readers. We at WNL, we specialize in book tours, book blasts, radio tours, cover reveals, and Facebook chat. Promoting and marketing your book is what we do. Online publicity, the exposure and the publicity is what you need. Let us help you reach new readers and a new audience. We take care of everything so you don't have to. We set up the tour for you. We connect you with bloggers to advertise your book by way of interviews, guest posts, and reviews. If you are an author of a newly published book, have an upcoming release, or just want to give a previously published book new life, a virtual book tour is your answer. Check our tours out at www.wnlbooktours.com. Visit me on Facebook. I am the owner, Paulette Harper. People, real conversations. Thank you for being here. I'm going to bring my guest back on. Ms. Francine, are you still here? Yes. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Again, for those who just who just came in, we're talking about Understanding the importance of a will and a living trust, Ms. Francine King just went over the importance of writing down your will. You can start at the age of 18. There are nonprofit service out there that's willing to help you. So thanks again, Ms. Francine, for all that wonderful information so the audience can learn as well myself, you know. So can you mind if I ask you a question? Um, now, can we get into the question about a trust? Who needs a trust? A trust in a situation where um, a person has a will, but um, they also would like to make sure that um, their assets um, are as economically um, tax um, covered as possible. Trusts are sometimes established for tax reasons, and trusts can be used 
as a tax planning tool to reduce the size of an estate subject to taxation. And every state is different, but if you are using trust for favorable tax consequences, consult a professional. Um, in some jurisdictions, transfers as a result of death may be taxed even if the transfer occurs within a trust. So there again, I encourage persons to um, look at the size of their estate and to decide, you know, getting um, information um, based on their specific, um, I, I would say, the total value of their estate at the time they want to do the trust, um, whether mm-hmm. that would um, be um, a place where they would want to place their um, assets. For example, um, it's my understanding that with um, your home, if you have real estate, and the value of that, um, placing it in a trust, and um, where we normally, when we um, purchase a, a home, it's in our personal name. Once you put it into a trust, then the estate goes under the name of the trust. And you have to, um, just like when we get a um, insurance policy and you decide on who the beneficiary is and you name that, um, it's the same way with the trust you would have the trustor, um, the trustee, um, and you would be, as the individual, the the trustee, and then you would have the beneficiary for the trust. Um, So as the old people say, you know, well, I've entrusted um, my um, loved one to um, take care of these things. That is the simple um, picture of um, a trust. Hmm, Okay. So you you know I was I was um you know I heard you know that a trust is also you know people don't want to have to go through the attorney or go through court if a loved one passed away they can eliminate that process if it's already in a living trust because all the assets and the estates and the investment has already been transferred the name the title of the name is no longer in the person who just deceased. So it's in the beneficial name that you just mentioned. Is that one of the one of the reasons besides the tax? I know you mentioned. Is that one of the big factors that a lot of people put it in a trust just to move the title of the name of the asset or the uh, estate and investment into the beneficial name to eliminate all the other process if a person passed? Would you say that? Yes, I, I absolutely would. Um, you're right on point and. A trust that immediately is dictated that, um, for example, that the house be sold and designated um, a trustee would have had a better chance of surviving the family um, and eliminates um, fighting. So it's not just for mm-hmm. taxation reasons. Um, since the ultimate beneficiaries um, are going to be the ones to um, receive the assets, but it clearly assist for the um, assets to be um, turned over to the um, beneficiary legally without having to go through probate and go through certain specific um, state um, criteria such as um, wait time because it it, it transfers immediately. It's already in place. And so that's um, another reason to do it. Um, but I would say that um, it's important to understand that um, in certain jurisdictions, um, depending on mm-hmm. where we live at, um, there are um, professionals because um, the transfers um, that have to occur, uh, persons um, would need to still make sure that um, they are, um, it's written out in such a way that the beneficiary um, is not going to have to um, take on certain dictates. I, I, I want to clearly, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm explaining that clearly or not, but um, the trustee can make a determination about whether distributing any money would be in the best interest of the beneficiary. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you have minors, children um, who are under guardianship, for example, that trust mm-hmm. may be written in such a way that it is for the benefit of the um, the child 
And at the age you know, that you dictate, whether it's 21, 18, um, 25, whatever age that is, then they would then get the um, assets from that trust. So there's specific language there that can be used to um, to make sure that you're doing it, you know, um, according to your family's needs. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You know, it's interesting because I have a friend right now, and um, her mother passed away uh, two years ago, and they did have property. The house was in the mother's name, but she didn't leave a will, and so she had five children, and we all know how that is. You know, there's always a battle when someone leaves, and so she has been always the overseer of the mother um, estate, you know, make, taking care of mom, making sure everything is good, but She's so overwhelmed and stressed because now, you know, with everything, the inflation going up, she want to sell the house, and now the her siblings is looking for their portion, but they didn't help. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some sound like sound like if mom had a trust and already had all this here laid out for her, it would have made it much much easier or will something, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I say, you know, um, yes, you want to start with the will, but. Um, when you have assets, then um, your estate planning, um, I believe, is to me, is um, a great way to um, cover it all is to have all five of the um, documents that um, are essential for um, estate planning. And, you know, the will is one, the trust is another, um, an advanced directive for health care, which we can talk about in a minute, it's also called a living will, um, a power of attorney in the event that you need one for health reasons as well as um, financial reasons um, are all um, important documents to have. And when we talk about trust, the one that there are different types of trust, but um, a, um, what they call a living revocable trust, because a lot of people don't want to, um, you know, I think put um, – language to pen um, because they feel like they may make changes in the future. But when you um, draw up what's called a living revocable trust, that means that um, at some point um, it's not needed unless the situation requires it. So the the individual, um, you or I, would still have the power and the authority over the house, for example, it's only in the event that we cannot speak for ourselves or we have transitioned that it goes into effect. So as long as you're living, that trust is, even though it's in the name of the trust, you as the trustee still have the power and can uh, conduct all legal, um, you know, um, required work or whatever, you know, type of um changes that you may want to use in that trust. It's still your property. It's still you who have the um, ability to um, to make, you know, business transactions and, 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 you know, whatever is necessary within that trust. Okay. All righty. Well, you know, that's definitely a lot of information. I might have to have you back on another time for us to truly understand, but I'm going to ask you one more question. Now, when you mentioned about, you know, there's several wills and several trusts, but also why do we need all these documents? Can you elaborate a little bit? I believe that we need these documents because it is a proven fact that when we don't have them in play, then you've given the power to make decisions regarding your body and your assets to someone else. Namely, it's the government, and then they would make the decision as to who gets what. And oftentimes, that decision is held up in court because, as you said, you know, you may have loved ones, family members who um, want to um, come forward and and say that they um, should get a certain portion or all of your assets. Um, and having your documents, you know, written down, your directives clearly written down, um, it it really is a gift to everyone else because it relieves them of the pressure to um, make that decision, um, or it, it it also frees up um, 
in time and management of your estate after you transition, persons can go forward and they can um, immediately get things done. But when you don't, then everything is held up in, in, in the estate. If you have finances in the bank, then they can't be touched. And, and everything is put on hold until someone um, goes to court and um, it goes through probate, which is in every um, jurisdiction, every county has a probate office, a register of wills that will make that decision. So if you don't make the decision, someone will make the decision after you transition. Okay. All right. So, so, so make sure I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that if somebody, you know, transition out, and they did not leave a holograph will, they didn't write anything down, it goes automatic, all the um, investments, property, everything that they have, the government gets the side of what family member can decipher where it goes, or can any family member jump in at, at that point? Explain that it, part. It, it, so, I, so I'm clear it, and the listener's clear. Okay. It, um, at that point, if there is nothing um, written down that has been left by the um, testator, the individual who has transitioned, then the government, um, namely it's the local jurisdiction, they are the ones who um, decide whether and who the person is best to um, take on the estate um, administration to handle all the business of the estate. And so mm. oftentimes... A lot of people say, well, I didn't have um, any real estate. Well, let's say you had money in the bank and, um, to pay for your funeral. Your funeral may be held up because they can't get to the money because the bank won't release it. So everyone has to start, you know, by um, petitioning the court to um, make a decision as to who will be the administrator of the estate. And if um, a lot of people um, – if there's family members who will contest it and who disagree with each other, then the state will select someone who is um, an unbiased person, and they will select um, a legal representative to handle the estate. And they're going to look at all of the um, information and who is, um, you know, maybe children, um, immediate family, who's the next of kin, and then they would make a decision based on who they think is best to um, to get those assets. And that takes time. And sometimes it can draw anywhere from two to five years. And and, mm. and, 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 I, and I just have to add the criminal thing about it, which um, in Pennsylvania, um, well, in Philadelphia specifically, uh, where I have been um, learning more and more about it, um, the, in the state of – well, I'll say Philadelphia – there are 17,000 17, tangled deeds as a result of persons who have died. And we know over the last, you know, two and a half years because of the um, uh-huh. age of COVID, a lot of people died without will. And so those estates, okay, if there was real estate there, their next of kin, okay, if they did not document and write out a will, and have um, documents um, who they want to um, get the um, estate, those real estates are sitting there, and people may live in them, but they cannot take legal possession of them. And if they don't have legal possession or the finances, they, could, um, they cannot go forward and apply for refinancing or take over the mortgage because it's a tangled deed. And so um, the Register of Wills in Philadelphia, her name is Tracy Gordon, she has worked with the state of Pennsylvania to assist persons, and I think they have an excellent program now where they're trying to assist families to untangle the deeds so that the relatives of the deceased can um, find a way to, um, at a, a cost savings or um, over a, a payment plan, can go in and um, get the documents uh, untangled, and then they could take full possession um, legally of it. But um, to avoid that, we want to educate and, um, and assist persons in understanding that's why you want to get it done while you're still alive. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that information because it is so critical that we understand the, 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 the cons and the pros of not having something written down, not having a will, not having a trust. So thank you so much for enlightening 
the audience as well as myself. So right now we're going to take a short commercial, and we'll be right back. As an author, you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work. But what if someone stole your identity? Protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection. Services include credit monitoring, credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus, social security number, emails, credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call 248-525-7680. Authors, are you looking for a new way to get your book in the hands of new audience of targeted buyers? Then a virtual book tour is for you. Right now, Virtual Book Tours is an excellent opportunity for you to introduce your book and who you are as an author. Launching your book is very important. A virtual book tour will connect you with readers. We at WNL, we specialize in book tours, book blasts, radio tours, cover reveals, and Facebook chat. Promoting and marketing your book is what we do. Online publicity, the exposure and the publicity is what you need. Let us help you reach new readers and a new audience. We take care of everything so you don't have to. We set up the tour for you. We connect you with bloggers to advertise your book by way of interviews, guest posts, and reviews. If you are an author of a newly published book, have an upcoming release, or just want to give a previously published book new life, a virtual book tour is your answer. Check our tours out at www.wnlbooktours.com. Visit me on Facebook. I am the owner, Paulette Harper. Welcome back to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Uh, Today our guest is Francine King. For those who just joined us, we're talking about learning the importance of having a will and a living trust. And I'm going to bring our guest back on, Ms. Francine King. And she shares so much information about having a will. Um, You can start at the age of 18, and it's so important to have something written down. So, Ms. Francine, you still with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay, awesome. Thank you, thank you. I was just kind of just giving a little brief overview for any new people who came in of all the wonderful information that you were sharing and um, why have you on there? I know you was mentioning about right now, you know, what you said with COVID and so many people have passed away unexpectedly, and if they didn't have a will or a trust written down or a holograph will, it can be, um, you call it tangle. You said right now 17,000 cases is tangled in courts or in the government's hands? This is um, the deeds. Um, they call them tangled deeds when the um, real estate has not been um, documented um, to be transferred to an individual through a will or trust. And so okay. if it has been identified in writing that way, um, it gets tangled up in the court system as to who is legally able to um, have it that it gets transferred to. And that's why um, it's important that um, while we're still living that um, – we document it and get it done now because you can always make changes. And, and I, I would like to add and ask this question, um, which is harder, talking to a person about completing their personal directives or dealing with the ramifications of taking care of that person's property, finances, or health when they can't speak for themselves and nothing has been documented by them? And I know that, it, you know, it's maybe, you know, um, but for most of us, we would say, well, it's probably harder to um, deal with it after the fact. So um, it's absolutely true that we want to be proactive, you know, that it, it's, you know, although I, I know that it's a simple thing to sit there and to write down um, how you would want to get it done, to speak with um, a uh, representative, whether it be an estate planner or an attorney, um, someone who can um, get it written out for you um, the correct way and then get it notarized. And I'll add one more thing, that if you do it um, yourself and you get a um, will written out, a holographic will, you also have to make sure you have a paper attached to it that's called an affidavit, a self-proving affidavit. And that's simply um, 
a document that um, says that I am the person who's writing this out, and um, I am of sound mind, and I have these witnesses, and this is my last will and testament. That should go along with it. Um, and it is optional, as I said before, that you can get it notarized. Um, I would um, encourage persons to do that because it carries even more weight. But um, the main thing is that when we don't have these documents in place, then um, and we have real estate or, or we um, have been given real estate because you may be, like myself, um, a person who I have real estate with my husband, but... I also, because my mother passed away last year, she um, entrusted, she put it in a trust for her three daughters to have her property. Um, and so I have that real estate. So if I were to pass, I need to make sure that my portion of that real estate has been entrusted mm-hmm. to whoever I want it to go to or that I have mm-hmm. written in my will how I want my portion to go. So um, it starts to... Um, go into um, all, every asset of everyone's own specific story as to how you want it written out. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'm glad mom, mom was on point, making sure everything was taken care of. So ask your question. So how do we get these documents? Is it hard to get these documents? Where do we go? I, you know, as I said, you know, because um, every state may be um, different in terms of the holographic wills, for, I'll say this, okay, for example, um, I was uh, assisting an individual in um, New York, New York. Um, New York State um, allows for holographic wills, but only for servicemen. Look at that. Only, they will only recognize servicemen and their immediate families with a holographic will. And hmm. that is because you know, during times of war or whatever, they may have had to write it out you know, and, and make sure it was written before they uh, were shipped out um, to wherever they were going. And so that is still on the books for them. And so in that state, you definitely need to have a um, professional, um, whether it be, like I say, an attorney or a uh, sometimes there's nonprofit organizations, especially for seniors, but also um, mm-hmm. for those persons who can afford it. Um, they may want to look into uh, a specific um, estate planner to assist them to get it written out and get it done. Um, but every state is different. I do know, like I said, in California they um, accept um, holographic wills. There's 26 states that have some form of acceptance of that. So um, when you ask me the question, how, how can you um, or where should you go, it's as simple uh-huh. as, um, for example, there's um, stores such as Staples and um, uh, Legal Zoom and um, places like that where you can get a generic one and you can put in okay. your specific and fill it out that way. There are online sources, but um, if you're not sure, depending on how large your estate is, I would start by you know um, getting some um, consultation from reputable. Um, law consultants who can assist you and walk you through it. Um, I, myself, um, through my website um, um, in September, I will be doing um, a webinar to assist persons um, to do a holographic will. We'll do, it'll be a working um, session where we will go through how to do the will step by step, and by the time we complete that session, you will have a document that you can then get notarized or not or just have it witnessed and Excuse me, that's another way. Um, but I think that um, the most important thing is to prayerfully um, think about in the event that you transition out of this life, who do you want to be the person? Who do you know that you can depend on, follow out your directives, and speak with that person, um, have that, um, that understanding, and then write it down. And then, you know, take it to um, a professional person um, to go over it with you. They may be able to give you more consultation as to what you need to add or not. And um, then, you know, you have that document in place, and they can assist you with other um, simple documents, such as a health care directive. Um, and when you have all of these necessary documents, as I said, you know, you, um, well, then, you know, in the future, if you need to make any changes, 
you at least have a foundation to start from. Well, thank you for that. Okay, so, so so you were saying that like Staples, Office Depot, all these here Staples stores, they have like a generic type of form that you can get yes. or you can get something else. Okay. And and that's a good format. I mean, that's a good um, starting point. It, it gives you a blueprint, you know, um, and you can use that as an outline to um, fill yours out. Um, I know that there are several uh, online sources. Um, you just want to be careful of that because, um, you know, depending on everyone's individual um, life circumstances and, and, and what you need to um, get covered, um, you know, there are certain situations where it's advisable that you don't use those. And mm-hmm. um, you know, but, um, for individuals, especially um, for mothers and fathers, and um, as they think about an event that, you know, they don't come home, you know, God forbid something happens to them, um, you know, you want to have identified who do you want to take care of your children? Who do you feel mm-hmm. is the legal person, you know, so you know, there's language in there that's going to um, cause us to think about, you know, um, well, how do I want that? So that's why I think that, you know, using any of those sources is a good place to start, and then you could build on it. Okay, and just one more question, because I know we're wrapping up time. we got about 13 minutes left. Tom, be going far fast when you have good conversations. But if somebody happens to say, huh, listening to you, and they want to go to Staples, what should they call it? Should they call it a holograph will or a will standard form or What's the right terminology if they happen to want to walk in Staples or Office Depot and get this here document so they can begin at least writing something down and setting their mindset so they can have things in order just in case something happens? Right. And and it's, it's a will. And I know I've okay, so it's called a will. Okay. <laughs> You're like, Charmaine, don't make it complicated. It's just a will. Right. It's, it's just will. and But um, like I said, it's called a holographic will when you are actually um, writing it out yourself, handwritten. But um, when, when there are a certain, um, certain times when if you were to purchase um, a simple um, will from a, a, a store, from um, mm-hmm. a place like that, then um, there's places where you can fill it in. Um, but there's also um, places where you have to be careful, you can't write in certain language in a typed-up document. So um, you can't add, you cannot add to that document. You have to just clearly use the way the document has been um, drawn up. Got it. So, so, so what you're saying, you can't change the language, how the document is already standard for you to be able to use it and for you to fill in the blanks. Correct. There's only certain places where you can um, add to it and um when you get that notarized, that document has to be notarized, then the um, the notary um, is not able to um, add any language other than the um, notarization document that goes along with that. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And, again, thank you so much for being on here. We got about 11 more minutes. We need to start wrapping it up. But what? how can people find you if they would like to know more about Understanding the will and the living trust, and I know you also mentioned about a workshop. How do people find you? They can find me on um, on Facebook. It's at Family Matters Documents. Doc, I mean Family Matters Documents, and Instagram would be Family Matters Documents Services. My website is Family Matters Documents dot com. And the next workshop that I will be doing will be on September the 17th. And um, when they go to my my website, they'll be able to put in their contact information, and I will then reach out to them, um, and they can sign up for the workshop for Holographic Will. That is the next workshop that I will be doing. We'll do um, how to write a holographic will. And... um, We'll do step-by-step from beginning to end as to what is required in um, handwriting when you do that type of will. 
Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you again, Ms. Francine King. And for those who listening, I know, um, and just let you know, there's also a replay as well. So you can send it to many people if you want to, those who wasn't able to listen or those who is listening. If they know a loved one that they want to send it to, they can hit the, use the same telephone number or the same link to send it. But I'm glad to know that you're having a workshop on September the 17th and you'll be posting all that information on your social media, and it will be available on your website for those who want to see it, um, follow you? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. I want to say thank you again for being my guest on my show. Um, your information is so important, and, I mean, I would definitely love to have you back on again maybe a month from now because it is so critical that we understand the importance of having a will and a living trust um, just, you know, just in case we never know when our time is going to go. And I know we have a busy life. Life gets in the way, and we end up forgetting. So this will just be another reminder, you know, for those who might need to say, you know what, I forgot about doing this. Let me get this there done. So, Ms. Francine, I just want to say I thank you for taking your time out today to sit with us and um, share all your wisdom and your knowledge with us, and I would love to have you back on again. Well, I thank you. Ms. Holland, I thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to coming back and discussing more with your audience because actually there are five documents, and we've just touched on two of the most important ones, and I appreciate you giving me time to discuss that. But um, in the future, um, I'm certainly um, willing to come back and discuss the other three documents that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. Oh, wow. Okay, well, definitely, definitely. Maybe I'll have you back on next month, and we're going to talk about all these other documents that, uh, that that's really important that needs to go with the other two that we only addressed today. So thank you again, and uh, I'm going to close out. I just want to just thank all those who was listening, who took the time out to listen to support me. This is a live podcast every week. It has inspired me to go the extra mile. Um, as a motivated speaker, a spiritual life coach, an author, and a chaplain, I am here where I can touch the hearts, the hearts that need healing with deep conversation that's relevant with life issues to uplift, motivate, empower, and stimulate our thinking to help bring awareness to whatever situation that we're dealing with towards living our authentic self where all of us can stand in our truth and live a peaceful and happy life. Again, I thank you all for your time and support. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at uh, CharmaineHolland.com or hashtag CharmaineHolland. I do have a website. My website is CharmaineHolland.com. And in the meantime, it's always a pleasure. Hope to see you all next Thursday here at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. In the meantime, stay safe and stay in the light, and good night. Thank you.